Looking for your next TV show or movie to binge? Well, buckle up, grab the remote, and settle into your couch for this special edition of Crossing the Streams. We're here to help you tune in and get the most out of those 50 monthly streaming channels you're currently paying for. So without any further ado, here's your host of Crossing the Streams, Jeff Dwoskin. Heyo, it is I, Jeff Dwoskin, your host of Classic Conversations and your guide through this bonus episode of Crossing the Streams. What is Crossing the Streams? It's where we answer the universal question, what should I binge watch next? I just watched something and now I gotta watch something else. Well, you've come to the right place. We have over 130 hours of binge watching TV movie suggestions on our YouTube channel. And you're in luck because I have handpicked three of those segments from three of those shows to beam directly into your ears right now. Those shows are from live episode 84, Untold, The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist, The Mancy Teo Story, from live episode 32, Generation War, and from live episode 96, My Old School. So much goodness coming at you right now. Let's kick things off with Untold, The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist, Sal D'Amelio, take it away. All right, let's start with Untold, The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist. This is a brand new documentary on Netflix, but an oldie but goodie story. Yes, it is. This is another Untold, which I've been doing all of them. And I heard they've got, I think, three more after this one coming out. So basically, Untold are just all documentaries. Anyway, this one, like Jeff just said, everybody knows the story, or a lot of people do. You might have lived through it almost, it was exactly 10 years ago now that Man Todd Teo, this great college football player, was pretty much, I guess, the first national person that ever got catfished. That was a term that came out back then when somebody online faked who they were. And obviously, as time went on, we realized how to stop that stuff now, unless, I don't know, maybe Jeff's still getting catfished. I don't know, maybe, but most people don't get catfished anymore. But back then, it was a new thing. So anyway, let's start from the beginning. It's a two-part documentary. The first part basically introduces Naya Tuasasopo. I hope I'm saying that right. but And I'm just going to get this out of the way during the making of this or throughout the story. Naya transitioned into a transgender. They even had, a, had to clarify that at the beginning of the documentary because she transitioned during the making of this. So he was a he and played college football himself. And then becomes Naya uh, later on in the documentary. And this is the person, she was the one that started the catfishing. Just They're both from the Hawaiian Islands, so they kind of know each other's cultures. And uh, Naya was shy online, and so was, uh, so was Manti Teo in a kind of a way, because he was so busy with football. And a friend request kind of started as a friend request. And then she was matching up with other of his friends. So it looked like she was part of almost like his community of people that he knew. And next thing you know, they're just kind of communicating with each other. And he's kind of building his career up at Notre Dame, which I, and again, I, I know Jeff talked about how we know the story so well, but this is what I like documentaries. You kind of dive into the story. I didn't know that that this all started in actually 2009 is when she started to communicate with him on Facebook. It didn't materialize till what the national news knew about it till almost 2012 or 2013. So this relationship was not something, I thought it was just something like six, seven months. This was actually like a four-year 
kind of texting relationship online. I, I know it kind of sounds weird. Like, how did he go this long without ever meeting her? It's just unbelievable. They kind of go over that a little bit in this documentary. They said one time they tried to Zoom like a zoom thing and her connection wasn't good it never was good and it's like wouldn't that have sent something to him like that said that's kind of weird we can't even see each other like on a facetime or something which i think was was available then so anyway that's kind of weird but they always had a talking relationship they would talk on the phone and uh it was just crazy and then uh she was she felt guilty sometimes about leading him on, but then sometimes what the documentary, she kind of, they make her look kind of horrible in this. Like she's just so selfish. And, but that's kind of the, the parents are involved because the parents kind of know about it. Then what happens is he's at the, it culminates where his whole college football career. Now all of a sudden he's a senior playing in the national championship game. This relationship is still going on online, uh, but now it's getting to a point where she's like sick and she's got cancer or leukemia and she's going to die. And then her, his grandmother really does die at the same time. And literally they show footage of the national championship game. They're just, he's just a Cinderella story because he's in the national championship game. His girlfriend died. His grandmother died. It's such a big story. And that's kind of how the first episode ends, which is kind of cool. Kind of gives you that whole story. And then in the second part of the documentary, they talk about the dead spin uh, guys that just recovered this up and knew that it was a hoax and kind of revealed it. And then all of a sudden it's just, he's just the laughing stock of the United States at that point. And what was really interesting is he's interviewed a lot throughout this and he's just seems like a great human being right now. He just seems like he's in a great place. I kind of Googled that he's married now with a kid. I think he has a kid, uh, but just the way he talks about it throughout the documentary is excellent. He really reveals himself on why he did this and why he just how he was kind of let on so easily. And he kind of explains it. But there was a moment where he says, literally in one day, I went from, hey, look, there's Manti Teo. Like they were just excited to see him. And then the very next day, he, he would be, he was like this. He's like, yeah, look, there's Manti Teo. Like he just went for it was and he said it was a very, very hard thing to get over. Uh, it affected him mentally. And I think he's still going through, you know, some stuff about it. But uh, that's basically the story. And it just it just uh, gets revealed at the end. And the country is just it's just this hoax and catfishing because he's kind of like the face of catfishing now, you know, and it's just the craziest story ever. And um, uh, oh, I, I guess at the end, it, it's, she dies. And that's how it kind of got exposed. It's just a sad story at the end. But uh you know, they're, they're both doing well. And, you know, they, I don't think they've talked, but they've apologized and, and all that, but, uh, it's an interesting documentary. I highly recommend it. It's a two part series, an easy watch. It's, it's uh, not very long. So I don't know if anybody saw it. So I, I watched it because of this garbage I do with Netflix every day. <laughs> and, and I did not know this story. Uh, I'm not a sports person at all. So when this came on, I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. And I sat down and I consumed this thing. It, you're right, it, Sal. It's so well put together, and the way they tell the story. I mean, you know, him being from Hawaii and being, uh, you know, a, a, a Latter Day Saints, and then moving yep. into Middle America where it's, you know, Notre Dame and just straight Catholic. He was dealing with so many things, and he was looking for just for somebody in his community. And then this woman popped up who, 
And then he, you know, he even asked his cousin, like, Hey, do you know this person? And his cousin's yeah. like, yeah, right. I know them, whatever. So, yep. I mean, yeah, I, it, but I, I felt so bad because he seems like such a great dude. And even Naya seems like a good person now. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. What he, you know, what he went through. And then everyone's like, we just want to know, are you gay? And that yeah. was like everything. It was like the, a, after everything that was going on with him, all the people will know is we just need to know, are you gay? Are you gay? Correct. It's like, dude, shut up. Like this guy's been through so much, but. Yes, I completely agree. Great documentary, very well put together, and I was absolutely riveted for, from that one. Yeah, good one. Oh, okay, cool. For somebody that didn't kind of you, you weren't experiencing it. I had no right. idea about the story. I, I'm like I said, I'm not a sports guy. I had no idea, and uh, I, I learned so much from this. And uh, yeah, such yeah. a cool, weird, cool story. All right, so it works on any level, which is mm -hmm. great. And Untold usually is just one episode, so this is unique for them too. This that be true. this one being two episodes. Very true, Jeff. Very true. All right, Sal and Zach Wiseman coming in as well. Definitely check out that documentary from Untold. They have a great series. Sal covers it all here on Crossing the Streams. Up next from live episode 96, Sue Kalinsky, guest to the show, is going to take us through my old school. Take it away, Sue. Oh, we got let's let's go back to Sue. Let's talk about my old school. Okay. With Alan Cumming. Okay. So basically the story is that a guy in Scotland duped this academy where he went to school into believing that he was 16 years old and he was really 32. And it's oh, no. unbelievable. They, they have a little bit of footage of him back then. And it is so obvious that he was so much older. The coolest thing about the film is that they interview students who went to school with him now. So it's, they basically are narrating it along with Alan Cumming because the guy didn't want to be on camera. So they use his narration, his voice, and Alan Cumming, it's coming out of Alan Cumming's mouth. Wow. So he's playing the guy, but it's the guy's real words. And it is the most fascinating story. And just the way they did it, because, you know, so many times you have to be so creative if you don't have archival footage. It's like, how do you tell this story? And so much of it took place when he was in school. So they did it. They animated his school life with all these students, hmm. which was very, wow. very effective. And because the animation was good, it was like Dora the Explorer kind of animation. And it really, really worked. So I can't, I, I don't want to talk, you know, too much about it because I don't want to give anything away, but it's probably one of the, I mean, it, it, the deception was, was, was brilliant. I mean, the fact that he pulled it off and then the layers of the deception because his mother was involved. And it is just a crazy, crazy story that you got you to gotta watch it. It's oh, okay. really, really great. What was, his end, what was his goal? The idea was the reason why he, he went back to school was because when he actually was in school, he went back to the same school that he actually went to when he was 16 years old. And he was not a popular kid. Um, he was kind of, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't, he wasn't, he was the kid that wasn't a part of anything, you know, like if they were doing a play, he just like was somebody that would never go out for the play. Cause he probably figured they would never choose him. 
So he had this lifelong dream to be a doctor and he uh, missed the boat and then he wanted to go back to school as a 16 year old and then try to get into medical school. It was, it was kind of like his parents dream for him as well. They wanted him to be able to, to achieve this. So he went back and when he went back to medical school, they, all his classmates, you know, were like, what are you doing? You're too young. Why don't you just wait? And he said, no, I'm going to, I'm going to go back and I'm going to try to do it. So he had this desperate, it was his desperate effort to be a doctor. So he figured, let me go back to school because because the idea was that at 30, there's no way in the world, in his mind, that he would have been able to go to medical school at that age. Like he felt like he, he, he missed the boat. So he went under, he went back to school under the guise that he was much younger. It's just this incredible, incredible story. And there is, there is some footage of him. I thought that you were never going to see him. There is footage of him and it's, it's a really, really uh, unique, it's a unique way of filmmaking. And the story is, is really, really compelling. Cool. When they interviewed the, uh, the other classmates, what was it, were their reflection of, they just accepted it for him being 16, even though he was older or they go, well, we thought something was crazy. Well, you know, when he first walked into the class, some of them said they thought he was like a, uh, like a teacher's assistant because he didn't have a backpack. Like he had a little briefcase and the way he was dressed and the glasses that he wore, they were joking that he looked like he was 40 years old, but he was one of those guys that didn't have like, you know, he didn't have a lot of, you know, facial hair. So it's not like, you know, he had a five o'clock shadow and he was showing up to, uh, to high school. So they, and then they just accepted it. You know, they befriended him and they were kind of, it would, what was strange is that whenever the teachers would ask certain questions, whether it was biology or math or history, he had so much knowledge because he was 32 years old. So his answers were so intelligent and an adult that some of the students and even one of the teachers actually said, I'm learning from you, which was like bizarre, but they just went along with it. And they went to parties at his house and he had a car, which none of them drove, but they basically, he, he said that he, um, he lived in Canada and then moved to, to Scotland. So they just figured, oh, you get your license earlier in Canada, you know? And with the exchange rate. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Right. The driver's ed rate. So he yeah. basically he fooled everybody. He fooled all the teachers, the headmaster. It's it's pretty crazy. So hmm. wow. I, cool. I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes real quick. Ninety two percent wow tomato uh, meter, and then eighty nine percent audience score. So people it's are digging it on wide. both sides of the aisle. All right, very cool. Thank you, Sue Kalinsky. That was my old school. Our final segment is Generation War from live episode 32. Ron Lippitt's going to take us through this one. Take it away, Ron. Let's talk about Generation War. This is uh, yet another Ron Lippitt classic. I mean, come on. Talk to us about Generation War. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. I I don't imagine any of you guys have seen this show, Generation War. And first off, I'll just say right from the get-go, the worst thing about this show uh, on Amazon Prime is its name, uh, Generation War. It is a, a German uh, show from 2013 set in three parts. 
Uh, and the title was Unser Mutter and Unser Vater, for those of you who speak German. So I don't know where Generation War, how that became Englishized, uh, only to the extent that it's a story about five friends, five, five German uh, Berlin suburb friends who go on various paths in the outbreak of World War II. And, you know, two of them are German soldiers. One of them is an aspiring actress. Another one is an aspiring nurse. They're, and the fifth friend is a, a Jewish man. These guys are uh, lifelong 20-year-old uh, friends. And um, it's a really fascinating story about uh, how this war completely changes them uh, and kind of what uh, is waiting for them in the uh, three years that they, that they feature them. So it's it's super interesting from the standpoint that it gives you the German perspective on the war, which I don't know from an American audience, you see much of that. It's completely subtitled in uh, English from uh, from German and Polish, depending upon what part of the show you're in. Like I said, it's three parts. This was originally shown on the German uh, public broadcasting. It was made for German public broadcasting, their version of PBS. Uh, and then uh, eventually uh, Amazon uh, bought the rights to it and uh, and put it out just a few years ago, even though it was, I think at the time when Amazon uh, bought it, bought the rights to it, it was already five or six years old. But it is a, yet again, an, a, another terrific foreign uh, film, uh, um, I should say miniseries, I guess. You know, when you think of it, these are hour long episodes, three episodes, you know, so it's it's three hours. So uh, you know, I, I always wonder why do you have to divide that into three separate shows? Like, couldn't you just make that a three-hour movie? I, I, you know, maybe you could. I don't know. It's the same thing, Zach. You and I have talked about this uh, for a while. So I guess I, I will. I will give it a knock on that because I don't understand why it has to be three separate episodes. But um, the acting is fantastic. I think the storyline is very compelling. It's a dark show. I'm not going to lie, but it is a story that grabs you. It, it's a the changes to these characters are in um, immediate. And compelling. Uh, the acting is fantastic. The production is fantastic. Uh, it's uh, directed by a, a guy named uh, Philip uh, Kedelbach, who is um, only does German shows, so you're not going to know his work. But if you go and Google him, you'll find out this guy's done dozens and dozens and dozens of award-winning shows in in Germany. So that it's it's well thought out, well produced, and I just I, I just I, I love these foreign films. Um, that give Americans perspective from a completely foreign uh, form sense. So, hey, listen, it's super interesting from the get-go. I, I think you guys will find uh, that there's nothing boring about this show. It's not trite with the storylines. I don't think that there's uh, a lot. Uh, the vi- There is violence, but um, I think the violence is appropriate. It's not over the top. It's not gory. It's not disgusting. And there's not a lot of sex. It's just great storytelling in three hours. So that's... A pretty quick review on a terrible name show, Generation War, but uh, highly recommend it. And I, I think you guys should uh, take a look at it. Did you go all three hours or did you space it out? Did you binge it? What'd you do? Yeah, you binge it. It's because it, 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 it's honestly the stories, it's the same story for, I mean, it's it's like you're watching one story. They just cut it into three parts. So uh, I don't feel like uh, it's, it would be, it wouldn't, it doesn't feel right to stop on one episode because you're, you want to know what's going to continue on with the story. So. It's pretty quick. You know, it's, just it's yeah. A, a couple of things about uh, foreign films. You know, it's funny because I always, often used to struggle watching foreign things because of subtitles. It took me out of it. But as we've talked about a couple of times on the show, and especially as I get older, my eyes get worse and my hearing gets worse. Yeah. Uh, I've been rewatching shows with American shows with the subtitles now because it just helps. It does. Um, you know, we like, talked about that. 
Yeah, we've talked yeah. about it a bunch. Certain yeah. shows, it just helps. The other thing that I find interesting when you talk about um, you talk about these foreign shows is, you know, Ron and I were part of a text chain with a friend of ours who was just couldn't grasp the European Championships of soccer and <laughs> and a lot of the intricacies of it. And frankly, it was such an Americanized argument. Like he's at, he he struggled with the shootout as a way to end a championship, but he's perfectly fine with guys being carted out on backboards with spinal injuries every week in American football, because I don't care. They make money. Let it, it was such an Americanized argument. And that I think comes through that those different attitudes, not that attitude specifically, but when you watch some of these foreign movies, it doesn't have come from the same perspectives it's true. that we have here in the United States. It comes from entirely different perspectives. And and I think that's probably why a lot of these shows are so unique. Um, you know, because of that. I agree with you, Howard. I think I think that's well said. And and uh, you know what's interesting from my standpoint, because I obviously I, I talk a lot about foreign films with subtitles and, and we talk about a lot on the show here. Um, this particular one is interesting because uh, there is no English in this show. It is entirely German and Polish. Um, so it is literally uh, a, a translation that you're reading through the words, um, and somehow it, it doesn't—it doesn't matter. I think it's—it's it's still well done. It doesn't affect um, the way you take in the show. The other thing I'll just say this: as a, as a Jewish guy, I was worried heading into this show that this would somehow be some kind of an apology or, or some type of explanation for why the Holocaust was was able to happen. And I, I was really pleased to see that that wasn't the case with this at all. As a matter of fact, I think it it was more helpful to understand how the Holocaust uh, happened from the perspective of, of German kids that were, uh, that, ha- that had to go through it and became ultimately part of the, the process that led to the Holocaust. Sure. So, so uh, listen, it's history. Uh, my kids make fun of me because I watch every World War II documentary there is out there. I'm old. That's what we do. Uh, and this is uh, an excellent, I think, uh, addition to that. I think it's, this is very, very well done. Well, we've talked, we've talked about the subtitles watching it and it helps because then like, you you do catch things that you didn't, Oh, I th- I thought those birds were chirping, but I didn't realize they were chirping ring around the rosy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, it adds like a whole yeah. thing, like like things that are in the script that you just never would have noticed that you can then appreciate. Honestly, another one of the things that I love about subtitles and like in a lot of the shows that we're watching is when it pops up and tells you what song is playing in the background. That's nice. You're like, oh, that's who sings that song. Now I can find that on Spotify. <laughs> right. There you go. Just pull hey. out your Shazam app. All right, Ron, that was Generation War. Ron loves the foreign films with subtitles. How do you feel about subtitles? Tweet at us, comment at us on Instagram. Let us know how you feel. Well, that's it. That's a lot. You got a lot of homework ahead of you. My Old School, Generation War, Untold, The Girlfriend That Didn't Exist, so much. Want to let you go? Go hop on the couch, find your cozy spot, cross your own streams, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this special edition of Crossing the Streams. Visit us on YouTube for full episodes and catch us live every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Now turn this off and go watch some TV. And don't forget to tell your family you'll be busy for a while.